This is a podcast from Real Life Sango in Clarksville, Tennessee. Thank you for being a part of our online community. We would love for you to join us at 8.30 or 10 a.m. on Sunday morning at the City Forum. In the meantime, if you would like to share a prayer request, make a financial contribution, or take a step at Real Life, you can text MISSION to 97000. Now enjoy the podcast. I've shared with you guys before that... I like going over to Rotary Park and walking the trails. It's a great way to be alone with God and go on a prayer walk. And um, every now and then you got to watch somebody, you know, cruising through on their bike, you know, coming too fast. Um, and, uh, but the thing that I haven't done is I haven't gone on these trails enough to know when I come to a fork in the trail um, to know exactly which way leads which way. Do you know what I'm talking about? So I'll take one route, and before you know it, rather than coming to some kind of beautiful setting, I come, like, to the back of a new build. You, you know what I'm talking about? And I'm like, ah, wrong, wrong trail, you know, so then I go back and, and take the other trail, and then I come out to something beautiful. And maybe one of these days I'm going to walk the trails long enough to know, okay, this way leads to, you know, a new build, this way leads to something beautiful. Maybe you have some trails that you like to walk, maybe somewhere where you grew up or somewhere where you visited on vacation, you know, trails. But, um, but one thing is, is sure, you, you always have these turns, these options to go these, you know, these two places. And um, the thing about the Christian life is that it's not a mystery, like sometimes walking through the trails in Rotary, it's not a mystery if you, if you begin to walk this way where you're going to end up. And if you begin to walk this way, where you're going to end up. And in chapter 4 of Ephesians, Paul is talking about the path that leads to purity. And it's a path. It's a journey. It's one step that leads to another step that leads to another step that leads to purity. And in the, in the same way, there's an alternate trail, and one step that leads to another step that leads to another step that leads to impurity. And so I want us to see it together this morning in Ephesians chapter 4. So hopefully you found your way to Ephesians 4 and a copy of the sacred scriptures. Um, But we'll pick it up in verse 17. Just invite you to follow along as we read verses 17 through 24 together. I'm titling the sermon this morning simply, Get on the Path to Purity. Get on the Path to Purity. Verse 17. Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of their hearts. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learned Christ assuming you've heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God and in true righteousness and holiness. Would you pray with me? Let's ask for the Spirit to teach us this morning. Father, we pray in Jesus' name. And by your spirit, you would speak to us personally and powerfully through your sacred scriptures. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, Paul is using this analogy of a a pathway, if you will, to to say there's there's a way that Gentiles live, those that are 
not connected in a relationship with God. Gentiles were those that were not a part of Israel in this covenant relationship with Israel. And then there's a way that those that have been made new in Jesus, there's a way that they walk. There's a pathway that they walk. So everybody here this morning fits into one of two camps. Either you're alienated from God and not in a real relationship with him, or you're in a real relationship with God through faith in Jesus. Every one of us are in one of those two camps. And what Paul is saying, he's writing to those that are in a relationship with God. And he's writing, he says, don't walk like you used to walk. Don't walk like the Gentiles walk. That pathway doesn't lead to flourishing. There's a better path to walk. So he unpacks it. And, and first, he, he, he shows us what the journey to impurity looks like. And he gives us the steps. It's almost, you know, it's like in Rotary Park. You know, every now and then you'll see like a blue dot on the wood, you know, or a little colored dot. And that means something. <laughs> But I don't know what it means. You know, and sometimes you'll have a sign that says, you know, this trail leads this way and this trail leads this way. Don't miss this, friends. What Paul is unpacking for us here is he's, he's saying it's not a mystery. It's not, it might be a mystery over in Rotary Park which trail leads which way. But it's not a mystery when you begin to take a step in this direction where it leads. So let's look first at three steps on the path to impurity. The first step that we see is the step in the mind, what we think about. Look at verse 17 and 18 with me. He says, now, this I say and I testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their what? Minds. In the futility of their minds. What does futility mean? It means useless. It means empty. It means purposelessness. And so he's saying that those that don't have a real relationship with God, they're just, their minds are just, I mean, no purpose. It's just like groping and longing for purpose, and it's, it's empty, it's useless. The way they think, that's, that's the, the posture and place of our minds. And he's saying, don't walk like the Gentiles walk. You know why he's telling us not to walk that way? Because we're all tempted to walk that way. We're, we're, we're all tempted to look at a pathway that leads to nowhere and walk that pathway. Now, you may not be feeling tempted this morning to walk that pathway, but at some point in the past, you've been tempted to walk that pathway. And at some point in the future, you'll be tempted to walk that pathway. And Paul's saying, you don't have to walk that pathway. It starts, that first step down that pathway starts in your mind. He unpacks this more. Look at it with me in verse 18. He says, they are darkened in their understanding. Where is that? That's in their mind. Alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of of their hearts. And so what he's saying is the first step toward impurity starts in our mind. It's really interesting, isn't it, that only you and God know what goes on in your mind? Until you say it, but then it's no longer just in your mind. Now it's in your mouth. Right? Now it's in the air. Now it's in our ears when you say it, right? So it's not just in your mind. But when it's just in your mind, check this out, only you and God know what's in your mind. That's like crazy intimacy, isn't it? That God knows what you think. And what Paul is saying is, is what you think is the first step either toward the path of impurity or toward the path of, 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 of purity. Now here's what we've got to be really careful. A lot of times people think, well, what I think about doesn't hurt anybody. What, like what I think about doesn't even hurt me. But what Paul's going to show us is, is that the first step toward impurity 
is thinking impure thoughts. As we think about impurity, probably the first concept in, in most of our minds that pops up is sexual impurity. And we live in a crazy day, don't we? We're just in our pockets, like we can tuck away like immediate access to the most gross and horrific impurity through pornography in a, in a snap. It's terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. Um, but, but sexual impurity is not the only kind of impurity that we can engage in. We can engage in impure speech. We can engage in, in, in bringing in um, impure entertainment. And so, and so it's easy, and, and a lot of people will say, you know, I can take all this impure entertainment in. I can think about all these impure things, and they're not going to affect me. Have you ever heard that? Have you ever said that? Well, Paul says, oh, no, that's just the first step toward impurity. Look, look at it with me. The next step is, uh, after we think about it, it takes up residence in our heart. Look at verses uh, 18 with me. He said, they're darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of their heart. Verse 19, they have become callous. So it starts in our mind. We begin to think impure thoughts. Maybe it's jealousy. Maybe it's lust. Maybe it's just hatred thoughts, like you just wish somebody wouldn't be there. It's just, just thoughts that we allow to come into our mind. And when we allow that, listen, when we allow that, it begins to pollute our heart. And, and Paul says our hearts become callous. Now, we all know what a callous is, don't we? Here's a nasty picture of a callous. God bless you. Happy Sunday. I sent that to our tech team this morning before 8 a.m., and they were like, thank you, thank you. That's what I want to wake up to right there. It's pretty nasty, isn't it? Listen, friends, when we're not careful and we begin to think impure thoughts, that's what our heart ends up looking like. That's where our heart goes. It, it, in other words, it's foolish and naive for us to think that we can begin to think impure thoughts and not love impure things. That's what happens to our heart. Listen, some of us today, like we would say, if we went around the room, we would say, man, it's been like months since I feel like I've heard the voice of God. And the thing is, is when you get a callus on there, you can stick a knife in it and you don't feel it. You ever done that? <laughs> it's like, yeah, we get bored all the time. And it's like, you, know, you feel this? You feel this? You know? And he's like, I know that's nasty, but like this is a picture of what happens in our heart. That's, that's the term that Paul uses here, is our hearts become calloused. When do our hearts become calloused? When we allow impure thoughts to go through our minds. The impure thoughts that nobody but God knows about. It has a, an effect on our hearts, whether we like it or not, so, so that God may be speaking loudly and clearly, but we don't feel it. We don't hear him because we've allowed our hearts to turn into a callous. We'll see in just a moment there's a better way. There's a, your heart doesn't have to turn into a callus. That's good news, isn't it? That does not have to be what your heart looks like. And, and that's what Paul's saying. He's saying, don't go down that path. Don't go down. Don't, that's not your path. And that's what I'm saying to you, church. That's not your path. There's a, there's a, better, there's a better path. But, but these steps to the pathway of impurity start with our mind. They seep into our heart. And then they move into action. Um, look at, at verse 19 with me. We'll just pick it up and... They have become callous and have given, them up, given themselves up to sensuality. Wow, that happened quick, didn't it? It's like in the same sentence. It's in the same verse. 
The hearts became calloused, and what came next? They gave themselves up to sensuality. Greedy to practice every kind of impurity. What does that mean? That means you can't flirt with impurity. You, you can't say, I'm, you know what, I'm just going to flirt with this impurity, but all those other impurities, I'm, no, no. No, no, the pathway is we think about it, then we want it, then we give ourselves to it. Have you ever been at the top of a hill, like a really tall hill, and you needed to get to the bottom of it? And you're just like, okay, like I could like slowly, awkwardly like walk down this thing, but I'm just going to run. I'm going to let gravity take me, and as it takes me, like my legs are going to move faster than they normally move. Have you ever done that? I don't know if it's safe or smart, but that's the way I usually go down big steep hills. You know, it's like, all right, I'm just going to run and, you know, I run faster than I ever run. Just right down the hill. Do you know what I'm talking about? How many of you know what I'm talking about? Okay. For the rest of you, there's adventures still out there. Right? <laughs> like there are adventures that await you. When, when you take that first step at the top of the hill and you just let yourself go, the force of gravity takes you so fast and so furiously that if you wanted to stop halfway down the hill, you can't because the force of gravity is taking taking you down. That's what Paul's talking about. That's what Paul's talking about. Paul's saying, listen, you can't flirt with impurity in your mind. You'll You'll end up loving it and wanting it. And your heart will become calloused to the true things, to the good things, to the pure things, to God's voice. Your heart will become calloused. And when your heart becomes callous, you begin to give yourselves over to sensuality. It's like a free fall into it in your life. Some of you are like, nope, not me. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. Listen, when I was a young Christian, there was this whole category of sins that I often said, I'll never do it. I'll never do it, and I'll never come close to doing it. You know what 1 Corinthians 10, 12 says? If any man thinks he stand, let him take heed, lest he fall. So if, you're, if in your mind you're going, you know what, I live a pure life. I don't struggle with impurity. Or if in, if in your life you're right now, you know what, I don't love impurity, but I just, I just think about it. I just allow it. I just have lots of impure thoughts, but I don't love it. You're, you've already started the free fall down the hill, and you, and you just don't know it. Friends, listen to me. You can't begin to think about impurity and not be moving toward it. It's a It's a pathway. And, and just, as a, just like if we were walking down a trail at Rotary Park, there, w- there would be these signs nailed to the trees saying, Danger! <laughs> Danger! This path does not lead to flourishing. This path isn't going to bless you. This path's not going to lead to happiness. This path is, he uses these words to, to warn us to say, futile thinking, futile, useless, purposeless, emptiness, darkened understanding, dark. Is that where you want to go? Of course not. That's not where any of us want to go. But that's where we begin to go when we allow our mind to meditate upon things that are impure. Lustful images and thoughts and hateful thoughts. And the devil wants to counterfeit everything good that God has made. So any good thought that you could have, the devil wants to pollute it and make it an impure thought. So it's not, so that's why Paul says they're greedy to practice every kind of impurity. It's not just like this one category. It's like everything good can be polluted and be made impure by the enemy. But there's good news. If you're in Christ, that's not your path. I say, that's your old path. That's your old path. It's not the path you have to walk. Some of you are like, I'm walking down it. You can get off of it. Today you can get off of it. 
Check this out. There's three steps to the path of purity. I want you to see this with me in verses 20. Paul says, but that is not the way you learned Christ, right? If you ever leave church and go, man, I didn't learn anything new, good. (laughs) We're not here to tell you a bunch of things that you've never heard in your life. We're here to remind you of what you learned already. Now, if you're a brand new Christian, you're going to learn all kinds of new things. But if you've been walking with the Lord for a long time and you've been reading your Bible and you've been going to church, you probably shouldn't hear a lot of new things. You should be reminded of the trustworthy things. You should be warned of that pathway is still there and the enemy would love for you to walk down it, but you don't have to because God has a better path. Look at verse 20. But that is not the way you learned Christ, assuming that you've heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life. So what if I'm walking down this pathway of purity and I'm a Christian? Well, that's not who you are. It's what you're doing, but it's not who you are. That's really not your current life. You're just flirting with the old life. You're you're just engaging with the old life. That's the old way, and Jesus has set you free from the old way. When you turned to him and trusted in him, he forgave you of all your sins, all your past, present, future sins, and he filled you with his spirit to now walk obediently to him, filled with the fruit of the spirit of love, joy, peace, patience, and empowered to walk a brand new pathway, starting... In your mind. So he says, put off the old you. Look at it with me. To put off your old self, verse 22, which belongs to your former manner of life, and it's corrupt through deceitful desires. That's what's so tragic about the old way. Is that the people that are still walking on the old way, it's not, when Paul's describing the way that Gentiles, those that are separated from God, when he's, when he's describing their walk, in their way of living. He's not, just, he's not just saying they're spiritually dead. He's not just saying that's the fruit of an evil heart. He's saying they're totally duped. They don't even know it. They're deceived. Their, desire, their desires have deceived them. What they want in their heart has lied to them. And it said it'll satisfy you, it'll be good, it won't damage you, it, it won't do anything to you. It's a lie. It's a lie. So that's the old way. And and we're now instructed to put off the old you. It's almost like it's like a a jacket and we throw off the jacket. You just just take take that, take that off. So it's like it's as simple as I'm walking down this path at Rotary. Up, (laughs) I come to a new build, not that beautiful meadow. I'm gonna turn around and I'm gonna get off this path. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop doing what I was doing and I'm gonna go find another path. That's putting off the, the, old, the old self. Look at verse 23. This is the next step on the path to purity is that we are to be renewed. I love this. Look at this. Verse 23. And be renewed in the spirit of your minds. Well, that's an interesting little play of words there, isn't it? The, the spirit of your minds. To be renewed. Listen, this is a word of hope for every one of us in here. Because some of us for many, many days, we've just been meditating upon impure things. We've been given ourselves to entertainment. We've been given ourselves to lustful thoughts. And today we feel like our heart is callous. But the good news is that the Spirit of God can renew you today. He can begin a renewal process where the hardness of your heart goes away. You know when you start shaving off the, the calloused, you know, the callous? <laughs> Eventually you're going to come to tender skin. And the Holy Spirit, He can just start shaving off that calloused heart. 
You can start walking that right path, and before you know it, you'll be hearing this, the, 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 the quietest whisper of the Holy Spirit like it's on volume 10. You'll hear him speak to your heart. You can be renewed. Well, how, do, how are we renewed? Well, we prayerfully think about his love, his majesty, his glory, his goodness long enough and with enough focus until it sparks our spirit. Can I just say that again? How are we to be renewed? Will we think about, prayerfully think about God's love, his majesty, his glory, his goodness long enough and with enough focus until it sparks your spirit. So many of us, we just want to high-five Jesus on our way out the door on, on Monday morning. And that'll eventually lead to a calloused heart. But our heart can be softened if we'll allow him to renew us. Have you ever, you ever gotten frustrated trying to light a pilot light? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Um, it just seems like with all the technology in the world today, there would be a better way to get the pilot light relit. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like the hot water heater pilot light. There probably is some modern day technology and I just haven't discovered it yet. But it's like when, when the pilot light, you got to like get down and you're like, uh, you know, bring me a lighter, you know, and you're like, uh, you know, tell me if it's lit, tell me if it's lit, you know. And, and you know what frustrates me about the pilot light? It takes me about 10 clicks to get it relit. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? And I'm like, I don't think it's blowing any gas. I don't think this is working. I think we're going to have to get a whole new water heater. Up. Oh, no, it's now lit. When we talk about being renewed in our mind, in the spirit of our mind, it's like relighting a pilot light. The Holy Spirit is there ready to renew us, but we have to give ourselves to him. More than just one little click. Sometimes it takes seven, eight clicks in his presence, digesting his word, listening to his word, softening our heart, asking him to soften our heart. Sometimes it takes a lot of clicks before it sparks. But the good news is that God is ready to renew us. He's ready to renew us. The great Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He restores my soul. Friends, I've got good news for you today. You may have walked down a bad pathway, but the Lord is there ready to forgive you, to restore you, and to put you on the right path today. Isn't that great news? He's not given up on you. He's not forsaken you. He's been calling you back to himself. And as you turn to him today, all of heaven is throwing a party. That's how much God loves us. That's how much he loves us. It's so amazing. So put off the old you and, put, and be renewed and then put on righteous and holy living. Verse 24. And to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Emily's going to come and, and help us begin to respond. But church, I don't want you to miss this next couple of minutes here. Because the... I'm going to share something in just the next 30 seconds that it may change your life for the rest of your life. Verse 24, and put on the new self. God has a new way. Created after the likeness of God. What a privilege. He's making us like himself. In true righteousness and holiness. What, what I have found with followers of Jesus born-again believers, sons and daughters of God, 
Christians, what I have found often is that they'll blame God for their disobedience. They'll, they'll blame God for their unholy living. They'll blame God for their unrighteousness. How does that, how does that work? They'll say things like, well, I, I prayed and asked God to take away my temper. And he just hasn't done it. I, I prayed and asked God to free me from my pornography addiction. And he just, he just hasn't done it. I, I prayed and asked God to free me from my fear. But I still feel in bondage to it. They, they blame God for their own disobedience. You know, Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Who does it? We do it. Who, who is to put on the new self? You are. I am. We are. And the temptation, if we're not careful, will be, say, God, you put it on. He already has. He's already forgiven us, freed us, and empowered us through his spirit. And now we're to trust him and walk in the power that he's already given us. Don't blame God for your disobedience today. You have everything you need in the Holy Spirit, in the sacred scriptures, to walk obediently to God and to live a life pleasing to him. You lack nothing, friends. You are freed in the spirit of God. That's why Paul uses this word to say those are deceitful desires. Anything in you that says you can't is a lie from the devil. It doesn't matter how long you've been walking down the wrong path, you can get off of it today. Why? Because Jesus has freed you to walk a brand new path. He said, that's your old way. That's your old way. <laughs> it, you know, it's like, it's like some player gets traded to a new team and he just keeps running the old team's offense. And the coach is like, that ain't our offense. He ain't going to say, well, coach, will you do it for me? No, the coach is going to say, run our offense. Run it. Friends, you've got the Spirit of God in you if you're a Christian. If, if you've never, listen, if you've never experienced spiritual fruit in your life, it may be that you don't have any gospel root in your heart. And you need to turn to Jesus today for the first time. You need to turn to him and trust him and receive his love and receive his forgiveness and, and, and get a gospel root in the love of God. And when you anchor into the love of God with a root, it'll start coming out as fruit in your life. It takes a long time sometimes. <laughs> I'm on the journey with you. I need to hear this as much as you guys do. Listen, I, 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 I sensed that the Holy Spirit was changing my appetite for entertainment as I was studying for this text. Because I feel like impurity is so rampant. It's just everywhere we look, in all kinds of places, um, that we've grown so desensitized to it that it doesn't shock us anymore. It doesn't disturb us anymore. We've just accepted it as kind of part of what we're digesting every day. And there's a better pathway that leads to a, a more beautiful destination. And that's the pathway we've been free to walk. And that's the pathway that the Lord Jesus is walking with us. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad? We don't, have to, we don't have to be walk down the pathway of darkness. We can walk down the new pathway that's lit well, that leads to beauty, empowered by his spirit. Church, if he is for you, who can be against you? When you're weak, he is strong. It's so good, isn't it? Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, thank you.
Thank you that you're with us, that you're walking with us, that you're showing us that new path day by day. May your word be a lamp into our feet, a light into our path. Father, would you help us? And Lord, as you help us, let us not blame you for our disobedience. Lord, just do something fresh in us today. Let us hear your spirit. Let us carve out that callus off of our heart. And would you carve it off, off of our heart? We trust you in Jesus' name. We pray, amen. Let's stand to our feet. Let's sing out. Let's sing out. Hey, don't hold back. These next few minutes, it's our minutes, church. It's our minutes to exalt King Jesus for the good things that he's done and for who he is. Maybe you've been coming to real life for months, but you've just been too timid or singing's not been your thing. You know, the Bible says if we don't cry out, the rocks will cry out. How embarrassing would that be for a rock to be singing for you? Don't let it happen today. Don't let it happen today. Sing out, sing out. Thank you for listening. We trust that God is stirring something special in your heart today. We hope to see you on Sunday very soon. Keep it real. Keep it Jesus.